Welcome to another Tyrius Cast. I'm Jim McGregor, and I'm joined today by two of my esteemed colleagues, Kevin Crewell and Francis Sedeco. We had the joy, or the pain, depending on how you look at it, of attending this year's massive CES show. This is the first show we've seen after COVID where we had all the stops pulled out. We had all the vendors there. We had press there. So it was great to see everyone getting back to normal. However, CES, which used to stand for Consumer Electronics Show, continues to change. You know, it's not just about TVs, PCs, and other consumer electronics anymore. Now it's really a massive technology show. Matter of fact, it's probably the the premier show for automotive technology. So there's that. There's all the consumer IoT for smart home, as well as industrial IoT for businesses, healthcare, you name it. So it's turned into probably the premier new technology show to see new startups, new technology, and everything else. But there's also changes around sustainability, which was a major theme here at the show this year. So before we get into some of the details, I want to get Kevin and Francis's overview of what they thought of the show. So Kevin, why don't you go first? Well, as you said, the show is massive and has covered a wide range of topics from IoT to large transportation devices. And also a lot of B2B showed up at the show, not just B2C. So even though it's called a consumer show, there was lots of business-related technology. The intelligent, interconnected IoT devices were prevalent to the point where it's not even a new theme. It's continuation of all the old stuff. We see a lot of it. But we see more and more devices getting intelligent. I think probably one of the prime examples was a mixer that would intelligently tell you when the dough you're working on has reached the right consistency based on sensors. So uh, everything around us is getting more intelligent and interconnected. So that's an ongoing theme for the show. And I don't think uh, that's going to end anytime soon. So it was a really interesting show. Glad to be back in person because you find stuff you wouldn't expect to find. Like we saw two things at CS Unveiled, which is a pre-show event for press and, and analysts only. We saw a company from Japan that makes a water-based propellant for spacecraft and a French company that's building a giant Zeppelin for moving hard to move types of shipments, packages like the wings for, or the blades for windmills and moving those around with a Zeppelin. So it, it was unusual. It was some unusual stuff there. And then, you know, like I said, lots of cars, lots of trucks, all the, the latest automotive technology was there. Uh, Francis, what about you? Yeah, I think, I think from, you know, just building on what you and Kevin have said, the underlying theme or maybe the overarching theme, depending on how you look at it, is that sustainability theme because it permeated through, yes, people had specific sustainability messages, but even the products themselves were leading towards more sustainability. So Kevin mentioned some of them, but, but there were even, you know, power generators. There were making water out of thin air products that, that were pretty cool. Even, even with um, the typical consumer electronics devices that used to get there, whether it's uh, smart home appliances and so forth, they all had 
a bent towards how do you use things more efficiently or how do you use less uh, and do more with it. So I think that that was a very critical theme. But outside of the automotive, outside of sustainability, if you look in, in the gaming area, for example, the gaming was still there, but it was a lot of how do we get more immersed in these games? So there was a lot of virtual reality, but there was even if it wasn't virtual reality glasses, it was 360 degree fully immersive displays. So that was uh, very interesting, but also even in consumer medical equipment that was that I saw a lot of those one of them that jumps to mind was even being able to take what what you used to have to go to doctors for being able to do that at home so we've already started doing that especially with chronic disease management like like for diabetes right we you know, you can prick your finger and get your blood glucose level things like that but it extended past that even this show to, to we saw a, a little monocle device that you looked into and it gave you what your glasses prescription was. Uh, so there, there was a, a lot of uh, innovation towards more self-diagnosing and self-management of medical issues or whatnot. So I thought that was very interesting. It is. You know, I've noticed that every year we're seeing more and more home or remote medical devices. As a matter of fact, one of the devices at the CES unveiled was a helmet, bicycle helmet that did an EKG of you. Now, I'm not quite sure that was doing an EKG or if it was doing mind control. You know, it, I, I didn't see Elon Musk there, so maybe it wasn't mind control, but it sure looked like it. But yeah, there's so many interesting things. I mean, robotics was a big thing. I like the Yarbo. Now, Yard robots aren't anything new, but this one had different attachments. It could be a snowblower. It could be a, a leaf blower. It could be a lawnmower. It could be all these different things. That was kind of cool. There was, in terms of, you know, equipment, heavy equipment, John Deere had their huge sea and spray there, which is this massive and introduced a fully electric track excavator. Caterpillar was there for the first time with one of these massive dump trucks you'd use for actually... It's kind of a mid-sized dump truck, if you believe it. I mean, you can actually fit a house in this thing, but it was a mid-sized truck you use for construction. They have even bigger ones that they use for mining, which is even scarier. But everyone was there showing off new technology. Hell, Qualcomm went and developed a custom car just to show off all their digital chassis technologies from inside the car, from the digital cockpit, all the way through their full driving Snapdragon ride solution. So it was impressive that they had a full car there. And it was a good looking car too. It was. It, it was. was. Yeah. It wasn't like, like a, like plexiglass, like uh, see-through thing, like a uh, demo. No, it was a real, was a real car. A real car. Yeah. Yeah, it was... yeah. Peugeot had a uh, concept car there. Stellantis had a Dodge Ram pickup concept pickup there. The interesting was it was using solid state batteries and they're ah. pretty, pretty adamant that they have to use solid state batteries. Although I have to tell Dodge something. It's not a truck if it doesn't have ground clearance. This thing was so low to the ground, I don't think I could get it over a pebble. But, you know, well, still, not your driveway. they're working on yeah, it. Yeah, your driveway is a challenge. <laughs> well, you know, and that's what aftermarket's for. You could always, uh, at SEMA show, there'll be a raised version of it, for sure. Well, it was, it was interesting, though, to see that much auto tech. And clearly, as an industry, we are driving, pun intended, towards 
L4, L5 fully autonomous driving. We're not there yet. And and if there is one message I would say is let's stop using consumers as beta testers for auto for auto self-driving cars because that that's not working out for anybody. And I don't know when the you know the auto industry did that change because it used to be and I think we need to get back to this is you know before they put any kind of technology in the car it was very fully vetted because of the dreaded r word the the recall word right you did not want that and, and for L some word, reason the lawsuit and, word the lawsuit word well and the the g word which is the government word which the government comes down <laughs> on you as well well, and for some reason, that has completely gone by the wayside with autonomous. But that being said, it was very, very interesting to see basically this this critical mass, I think, of primordial technology that is coming to pass that where you can see it's not science fiction anymore. It's well within the realms of reality. We will get there at some point. There's a lot more development, a lot more testing. And and to some degree, for me, people were asking, well, why is somebody like a John Deere or a Caterpillar at a show that, yes, it's not consumer electronics anymore, but it's still meant to be a consumer show, something that consumers can, can, can consume. Right. But I think to me, it's really a proving point because it's the same technologies that they're using in these in these industrial heavy machinery devices but their environment is a lot more controlled than a live street where you could have somebody jumping out in front of you at any given time and it's still dangerous people you have rabbits come on (laughs) but but it's a lot more controlled and i think it's a great maybe proof of concept uh, for how some of these technologies like radar lidar autonomous driving are being used and maybe some of the lessons learned there to be applied on the consumer automotive side. You know, actually on that topic, did any of you guys take the loop, which is the, the Tesla loop under uh, for no. transportation between buildings? Yeah, not, not at this show, but I've, I've taken it before. Oh, so yeah. I did. And and they use human drivers right now to move you around and you get chop in a car and it uh, the loops around the uh, convention center. And it was actually a very, very good way of moving around and avoiding some of the walking. But uh, next year, it's supposed to be autonomously driven. It's, they're supposed to eliminate the human drivers and the car is supposed to do it autonomously. Now, this is within tunnels, a uh, fixed set of tunnels under the convention center. So maybe that maybe we'll see that next year, but it is also a constrained environment. Well, we've done demo rides with a lot of these different companies developing the technology. We should note that, first off, it's nothing new. John Deere's been doing autonomous tractors for 20 years. So somebody really needs to talk to them if they want to learn how to do autonomy. But beyond that, you know, you've got technology from Amberella, Qualcomm, uh, Mobileye, NVIDIA, NVIDIA, and all of these companies uh, already have. Yeah, NXP, as well as, you know, Waymo. All these companies already have autonomous solutions. It's just getting it to that next level. It's definitely there. I agree with Francis. It's there. So... One of the things that I noted, and this kind of goes along with automotive, but it also is another thing. And yeah, you can start yammering at me, Kevin, because I know I harp on this. But there were a lot of companies talking about hydrogen there. So it wasn't just about electricity. There were oh, come on, you just full about, of gas about that one. Uh, I know I am. But the hydrogen... <laughs> Someone thing, help me with the dad jokes. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't just cars. This is what I have to deal with, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't just cars this time. Now they're fo- fo- focused mostly on... Uh, marine, heavy equipment, 
and power generation, local power generation. So that was interesting, the fact that we've seen that shift towards those other areas for hydrogen. And, you know, everything is being electrified there. You know, I, I don't think we can talk about a single device, whether it was a car, a robot, you know, whatever, that's being electrified at CES. But what amazes me is nobody talks about the power generation. <laughs> yeah, there were guys doing backup power solutions. But let's face it, you know, we keep electrifying everything. We need more and more power per household, per device, per everything else. But, you know, you don't get hydrogen for free. So the hydrogen is either a byproduct of oil oil exploration or you create it through electrolysis by breaking down water into Electricity. hydrogen. Yes. yes. So it's still, it's still energy involved in it. I agree. Well. I agree. I just think that we need maybe that's the thing missing from CES from my standpoint is maybe we need that other, the power supply part of it, because I think that's an important aspect of well, there it. There were too. a bunch of people with solar panels, like for camping and stuff. And there was a, a number of solar companies exhibiting as at CES Yeah, but as for well. camping, no, that, come on. That, that's a great, that's a great point though, because clearly the, the demand side of electric power is, is going through the roof. The supply side is not. And, to your point, Kevin, you know, maybe we need to step up as an industry, solar and wind or things that are renewable, because we're definitely going to be using up those resources, especially from a, for if this electrification continues the way it is. And I don't see any reason why it would stop. Well, I did see some other activities on very, on very micro scale. Um, Targus had a keyboard. It uses solar cell on the keyboard using ambient light to power the keyboard. So you don't need batteries. That's interesting. Yeah. So you don't need to charge it. You don't need to put batteries in it. So that was that was an attempt, I think, to use some available ambient, you know, sources of energy in a small scale. But you know, more enough of those keyboards are shipped or, or bought, and that may make some impact. And more and more devices may use ambient light with small solar cells to self-power. So is it fair to say, guys, that, you know, we have definitely some trends in the industry we're looking at, and that is definitely electrification of everything, autonomy of everything, sustainability of everything? As much as possible, yeah, except for the fact that CES itself is the least sustainable show <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> The only thing I would add to that is is, is immersion. Uh, I think uh, I think with this drive towards VR and and then also and I don't know if this is a byproduct of the the global pandemic, but definitely these home medical diagnostic pieces of equipment that are going beyond what had already been there. I think it seems like there's a a, a little bit of a spike in, in innovation in that area as well. So something to definitely look at. Well, obviously for our listeners, you can tell that we could talk about this stuff for days if we wanted to, but we're kind of reaching the end of this one. So I'm going to put this question to my colleagues and I'm really going to test them. I'm not going to say one thing, but can you actually pick out two things? And I know that they're still not going to do it, but can you pick out two things that were most impressive to you at the show? Francis, you go first. I was just about to take a drink of water. <laughs> That's why uh, I did. Speak, <laughs> speaking of water, I think that was one, was a company called Cara Water that I saw. And I know they're probably not the first ones to do it, but they were the ones that I saw and, and seemed like a pretty impressive uh, product that they launched, uh, which is basically making water out of thin air or maybe thick air. I, I don't know, but definitely taking the humidity out of the air and making water. It's in a household 
scale. It's it's definitely not something that's city related because at a bigger scale, you know, it might actually have the opposite effect of sustainability and and make some potential impacts on the ecology of a local area. But this was the size of a of kind of a regular water cooler slash dehumidifier and it dehumidified the the room and used that to to make some distilled pH balanced drinking water. So that was that was really interesting. I and then the second the second one is I think if we tap into the the auto tech trends is just in general the the amount of momentum that is behind that and, and the number of solutions leads me to believe that that we're going to accelerate even as as much as we've come already i think that's going to accelerate again i just urge caution to everybody to to hopefully more fully test these things out so because i think one of the worst things we can do is is to erode consumer confidence in these systems to the point where even when we are as an industry ready the the demand or the appetite isn't going to be there okay kevin uh, well, there was a lot of interesting technology. I, I mentioned a couple of things that were off the beaten path, which is the water-based thrusters for spacecraft from Japan and the giant Zeppelin for moving cargo and other large items around. And the last, actually, sort of the last mile delivery. Those were off the beaten path, and I, I found that fascinating. But there were a couple other things. You know, there was definitely still regular PC announcements and sustainability was interacting with uh, the PCs and using more recycled plastics and materials. Uh, HP had a couple of really good examples there on their The Dragonfly series was impressive. Yeah. 90% recycled materials. Yeah. So that, I think that was really impressive. Actually, the other thing, a little bit off the bean path also, Sennheiser, which is known for their headphones, introduced a, a pair of earbuds that uses their uh, low power technology to make it clearer uh, when you have conversations and talking to people where if you have a lot of, of surrounding noise, where you can f- more deeply focus on the conversation at hand. And so it's, it's processing the audio around you so you can better focus and eliminate a lot of the background noise as well as play music and such. So it's a, Is that beyond active noise cancellation? Yeah, well, it's, it's it's enhancements. It's not just canceling noise. It's enhancing the, the the speaker in front of you. So it uses the stereo effect of of the two earbuds to uh, provide a uh, a focus to uh, sound focus in in front of you. Now, Francis, I did say two, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna pick now. First off, I mean, I loved a lot of the stuff. I loved the concept cars, especially Qualcomm's. I loved the heavy equipment, especially the John Deere stuff. But I'm going to pick one technology and one product. The first product was a hydrogen generator because I didn't even know what it was when I walked up. It took me a few minutes for them to have guessing before they'd tell me. It was a 300 kilowatt hydrogen generator that fit in the size of maybe a medium-sized moving box you'd get from Home Depot or Lowe's. 300 kilowatt. Very impressive. And like I said, that's for either stationary power generation or marine or heavy equipment applications. I thought that was impressive. The other thing I would say, and it was actually technology, and this was from Synaptics. This is the company that normally does a lot of the touch stuff, but they've expanded so many different areas. They had a demo. And by the way, we have this demo along with our Emberella drive and a whole bunch of other demos that we did available on our YouTube channel. Just go to Tirius Research on YouTube. 
it was actually a technology where they took a smartphone, ripped out the speaker, and they actually have these sensors that they have behind the screen that vibrate the screen to create the sound. Not only does it provide great haptic feedback for like if you're playing a game on your uh, smartphone, but it actually uses the screen to create the sound. And the sound was better than the average speaker in a smartphone. Francis, you recorded this. You thought it was pretty cool, didn't you? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I can't believe I totally blanked on on mentioning that. I mean, because it has a lot of implications. One is, yes, the immersive side of things. But, but even on a sustainability side, this could have some really good impacts on the bill of materials of these electronic devices and, and potentially, you know, these spe- usually speakers have some kind of magnets around them and so forth. But when you're using this kind of technology, you're, it's really just a display panel along with, with the haptic actuators. So there's definitely a lot of impacts there uh, in multiple areas. It, that, that was a very impressive demo for sure. Yeah, of course, we're all ex-engineers, or as like Kevin likes to say, we're all recovering engineers. We really geek out on a lot of this stuff. So if you want to know more about any of this stuff we saw at CES, definitely drop us a line. Let us know. I'll also be attending Mobile World Congress here in the end of February. And you can see our videos up on YouTube and you can see our articles up on Forbes, E-Times, E-Journal, Microelectronics in Taiwan. So you can see you can see our articles out there. You can see our quotes. You can see our videos. We'll also have our monthly newsletter coming out. So you can see that. Uh, if you want to sign up, just go to our website. And with that, I think it's a wrap. So I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Just remember, Curious Research is a market research company. We do custom research and advisory services for anything from IP and sensors all the way to cloud and services. And you can reach out to any of us directly. Uh, I'm Jim at TeriousResearch.com. There's Francis at Terious Research, Kevin at Terious Research, and our colleague that's not with us. That would be Steve Leibson, just Steve at Tyrius Research. You can see our articles on Forbes, E Times E Journal, ECT News, Microelectronics. Our podcasts are available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Our videos are on YouTube. And you can catch up with us on LinkedIn or Twitter at Tyrius Research or any of our individual ones for at Steve Leibson, at Crewell for Kevin Crewell, at F. Sedeco for Francis Sedeco, that's S I D E C O, at Tech Strategist, T E K Strategist, for myself, Jim McGregor. Thank you for joining us. I hope you guys have a happy and safe 2023 and look for our future Tyrius guests. We're trying to do them, you're going to see them about once a week going forward. Thank you very much. Thank you.